Welcome to the Russell Ball Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belraj, and it has been too long, Mark. Too long. We are back, though. We are back, baby. <laughs> what do you do, baby? Mark, Mark you, you still there, buddy? What do you What do, you do baby? Uh, seriously, though, guys, it's been a long time uh, since our last episode. Apologies in advance, but we are back, and so much has happened. Uh, not only in basketball, but obviously wrestling. A lot of controversy and botches to go through with regards to wrestling and UFC. But uh, we're going to start off with the NBA. Uh, obviously, the All-Star Game has just passed, uh, which marks the midway point of the 2021 or 2020-2021 season. Um, you want to talk about the All-Star Game first and foremost, obviously? I, I want to say I like the format. Yeah, um, I really like the fact that they merge the skills competition and the game into one. Um, not that I didn't really like it before, but it felt a little empty. I don't know. The skills competition didn't feel as uh, together. Um, I think now more because you see less and less participants that are so, vying to. So you like the fact actually, that they did everything together. I think I like yeah, that. Yeah. It really makes the it makes it an immersive experience for you know five or six hours or however long as opposed to like three hours saturday and three hours sunday where i would have to dedicate you know two nights to it, which i mean i usually like personally i usually don't watch uh the all-star game to extreme depths especially because sometimes it has no meanings i i, I don't know if the meaning still has uh, if, if the purpose still is for the either either of the two conferences to gain home court advantage in the finals, I forget if that's still in effect, but it used to have a meaning, and I, I'm, I'm still not sure if the um, meaning still... I'm not really sure since they mix the teams now, right? There is no East to West still, now, right? Well, yeah, I think LeBron in this case would represent Team West and, and Durant would represent Team East. Um, I'm not sure, obviously, if it's cordially, like you were saying, divided by conferences... But I still think they do it. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely like off on this because this All Star whole thing just took me all by granted, considering that you know players didn't want to play and people couldn't. They couldn't even get guys to get in the dunk contest, for mm -hmm. instance. But now, uh, so to your point about having everything together, uh, I agree. I think I think it brought uh, a lot of life to the three point contest. Was probably one of the best contests. Uh, three-point contest we've seen in recent memory and as well as the skills contest right normally we skip those things um, because it's all about the dunk contest ironically though I, I will say that because they had everything together i felt like the dunk contest was pretty uh pretty lackluster this year yeah. uh, obviously they only had three participants as well so yeah. i'm not sure why they only had three participants um, no because they couldn't get anyone no yeah, it one, seems that way right? no one wanted to do it which is uh i think a lot of guys are afraid of injury especially when you're doing like you know uh harlem globetrotter like moves uh but yeah they got refused like left right and center and their guy there i think there's like i think one guy didn't even know he was in the nba yeah. you know i didn't know his name at all and I, not you know not not knocking the guy or anything well, but was it the winner and uh, anthony simmons I yeah. think that's his name. Yeah, I think uh, so. I don't. Uh, know to be honest, though, I, I Steph won the three point, and I think Steph made that. Steph and um, oh, and won Jace, it, Jason Tatum won and, it uh, in impressive fashion too. Um, first of all, the three point contest, like you mentioned, had a lot of big heavy hitters, except mm -hmm. for Damian Lillard, uh, which I was sad he wasn't in there because he was in the All Star game. So, uh, you know, he could have done both, but eh, whatever it is, what it is, but. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, Jason Tatum was in there. Jalen Brown was in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ironically cool enough, Mike Conley was the one to take Steph Curry uh, to yeah. to to the uh, brink to the brink of elimination. There, yeah, but uh, made for a super exciting uh, three point contest. Now, how did you feel about the uh, the new 
I, I, what, what kind of shot do they call it? It's like the money ball. Yeah, the, like the, that weird. Yeah, away, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm never really in tune there. I was trying to make it exciting. It, it was a little more exciting. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what it was. I mean, it was just a little bit more exciting. It's kind of cool. I, to me, like I said, it doesn't. It's just for them having fun, and I agree. It changes it up a little. Uh, the bit. only thing I don't like about how they keep um, messing with the three-point rules is that now all the records are kind of all messed up now, right? Because now, obviously, mm-hmm. with the new rules, you can get way more points than they could back in the day. I, st- I felt the same way when they introduced the money ball rack, and now all of a sudden, you know, a perfect score is no longer. It used to be thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's like thirty-five because of the money ball rack, and then you add in those four-point shots. It yeah, was, that's yeah. yeah. It just changes it again. Yeah, so so when you see these guys getting twenty eight, twenty nine, it's like it's not the same twenty eight, twenty nine back yeah. in the day. But uh, nonetheless, super good uh, three point contest this year. I didn't really watch much of the All Star game. Did you catch any of that? No, a little, very, very little. I didn't really watch it in great depths. I guess as normal, um, as as it didn't really. I don't know if it has meaning. If it has no meaning, then it's no real. You know, this is a bunch of guys just having fun that don't want to get injured not really my my cup of tea no i I, like i think the big thing about this besides obviously the money aspect of the financials having you know having it on cable television but um i think they also do it for charity as well which is nice which is Mm -hmm. cool like to see that and also the first time we've got to see lebron and steph curry play on a organized game televised game so that's cool yeah uh sadly we did not get to see durant play um And Giannis won the MVP. Giannis did win the MVP. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any issues with the All-Star picks this year? Um, I didn't really have an issue with it, but I guess we can just talk about this right off the bat, which was Mike Conley's um, call-up uh, because both... Uh, um, who was it? Kevin Durant K- and Devin KD Booker? KD and Devin Booker, yeah. They both got injured. So it was Booker for Durant and then uh, Conley for Booker. Uh, a lot of people said DeRozan was overlooked, which I, I mean, absolutely. You agree. look at the stats for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is Mike Conley, which I didn't know this before, uh, had never been an All Star in his career. That's right. Um, this will probably be his one and only All Star. I don't yep. foresee him making it uh, next year. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, it definitely a knock on DeRozan. But DeRozan, unfortunately, you're playing with lots of chips on your shoulders at this point in your career. So just use it. I mean. Well, it goes to show you just how um, underrated DeRozan is. Yeah, he has be- the same outlook as he did when he was on the Raptors. Even if though, not better. yeah, even though he's gotten better, yeah. everyone still thinks he's a scrub. Even though, yeah. you know, I think he's like you said, he should have been an All Star over Mike Conley. I'm not going to knock Mike Conley though. Like you said, this was probably more of a, a gimme than it was. Uh, that he earned it because uh, if you look at the stats like there's no disputing the fact that uh, DeRozan it's, I'll, I'll led him in every category yeah, right it, so yeah would you say let him I thought you said bled him no like, no yeah, he did bleed him a lot <laughs> in those categories uh, but yeah I mean for DeRozan I mean there's so many things going on with the Spurs they just uh, they're gonna look for a trade for LaMarcus Aldridge's I, I didn't really see that coming, but at the same time, when you look at what's going on in the league right now, which is the youth movement, Detroit's doing it. It looks like Cleveland's going to probably start doing it. Spurs are heading that direction. I think it's the right move. Uh, LMA is one of those old, I would consider him an old-fashioned uh, power forward, center, whatever you want to call it. Like, like, when he originally got on the Spurs, I was extremely excited because of what they were able to do with Tim Duncan and... Um, David Robinson, obviously, 
Uh, I was I was expecting big things for him there as well, but I guess for a combination of health, coaching, and just age, I guess you could say an opportunity uh, wasn't as successful as we all thought. I mean, Spurs didn't even make the playoffs last year. Um, they're fighting for a playoff spot right now, but they have they've been doing it without LMA, uh, looking for guys like Keldon Johnson, um, obviously Demar Derozan, um, Dejon Murray, Dejon Murray, who's killing it right now. Yeah, he's definitely um, uh, he's gonna be like a high draft pick next year in fantasy. I think so. Um, if he isn't already, he reminds me a lot, um, a lot of Brogdon actually. Yeah. In, in both in skill sets and just how underrated they are. Right. So. Um, but uh, yeah, going back to the Spurs though, uh, and and LMA, not a good fit. But from all accounts, like they tried on both sides. No, they tried. Everyone yeah. tried, but there's a, it's a mutual, you know. You're right. It's, it's, mutual. it's mutual, right? Like Spurs want to move on. Work, though, LMA yeah. wants to go to a team where he can contend. Contend for. Would be cool if he could go go back to Portland. You know, he's always talking about. He's going talked back about there. that, yeah. But I think with Portland, you just have too many guys, too many bigs there anyway. Uh, you just you just destroy the cohesion that you. You're holding on to, or that you're waiting for in, in Nurkic, Nurkic, obviously. Also, I think it would be a weird dynamic to go back there because obviously, when he left, he was one of the key players, you yeah, know, right. first or second option with uh, Lillard. So it would be weird to go back there as now he would be what a fourth, fifth option, yeah. maybe off the bench. Who knows, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Where do you where do you think he fits in on another team? I'm trying I to think, think of just teams. C- goes to contender like Blake Griffin doesn't fit anywhere but he just goes to contender right yeah and but like okay so let's the Nets can't afford LaMarcus Aldridge I yeah. don't think well uh, that's it really depends on what they do if they trade him then he can't go to contender but if they buy him out oh right yeah that's an option right so we're I don't even know where they could trade him that's what I'm saying in terms of a trade uh, opportunity in, I, I don't know too many teams that want to take on in, his contract in terms of a t- of a team that needs his presence i would say boston needs his presence but i don't think boston can offer him anything uh offer the spurs anything because they don't really have bigs they, um, in that, ter- i don't count daniel tice as a big i don't count him as a difference maker unfortunately and robin williams is sort of the same they're not difference make i mean he blocks shots and that's great like he got six blocks i have him on my fantasy team uh robin williams robert williams, robert williams yeah, sorry yeah. uh difference he definitely does things that shine but he's not a big you know what I mean? Like a solid big is someone you can... I'm not saying LaMarcus Aldridge should be uh, pressured into being a solid big, but knowing you have a solid big is also can turn tides, right? Especially with a veteran. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if the, he really fits in Boston's um, type of play. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I will say. Uh, Washington would be an interesting move. And the other thing is if they, if they do trade for, for LMA... Uh, Boston, that is, then they'll have to give up salary, and that means probably Kemba's gone. And I, I don't know if I trade Kemba for LMA. That's yeah, it sounds terrible too to absurd. me. <laughs> at this, at a, for a thirty-four-year-old, thirty-five-year-old, yeah, and, and again, he's he hasn't played much this year. Yeah. Um. So I, I in in my mind, I don't think any teams trade for him unless unless there's a team that's willing to take on his salary. So Spurs would have to give up on top of LMA to to you know get rid of him. So in in my mind, it looks more likely that he'd probably get bought out, and then in that case, he could sign anywhere for minimum, minimum. Blake Griffin yeah. style. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Blake Griffin, let's let's talk about this Blake Griffin signing. Obviously, he got bought out by the Pistons for sixty four million, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, for, why do you think Detroit did this? I'm not sure. I guess 
I don't know. Are they trying to do right by Blake Griffin here? Probably. It makes the most sense because Detroit already said they weren't going to play him anymore. Yeah, because let's be honest. Detroit's a, a, like a storied franchise, but I can't imagine they're one of the wealthiest franchises where $64 million buyout you know, is a drop in the hat for them. I could understand if the Warriors did it because they're, you know, they got way more cash. And, yeah. yeah, they got way more cash than they know what to do with. Um, yeah. But I can't imagine Detroit, especially in a pandemic can just well Detroit's mismanaged left right and center <laughs> including coach Casey yeah um he's a he's to me is still a fool uh he's stuck in some weird like uh world of coaching uh one why one thing why I say that is because uh I think common teammate on Josh Jackson uh, who had, uh started playing Detroit and he's been doing really well I have him in fantasy as well um I don't see why you wouldn't give him more minutes and, and et cetera et cetera but Casey said that uh, he's what he does best is on the second unit and we're interested in winning i'm sorry are we looking at the same conference because you're dead last you're not winning so you need to do something more proactive so um, with that respect uh the coaching seems bad to me the management to give blake griffin 64 million to walk away uh, it also seemed bad i'm not saying that it was going to be easy to trade him we all know it wouldn't have been um but i mean again you're a, you're a dying franchise you're in a dying state you're in a dying city. Um, Sixty-four million. I don't know if that was a great move. Again, getting Blake Griffin and then re-signing him was obviously not a great move either. So, Dwayne Casey has always had this weird fascination with veterans wanting to play as veterans to the brink, ground, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the ground, uh, and not playing as young guys, which is. You know, again, what we're seeing with Josh Jackson. Yeah. Uh, not to say Josh Jackson is some superstar or anything, no, but like no. you said, you guys are 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 basically are they dead last right now? They probably yeah, are. I think they're dead last. Yeah. yeah. So you're dead last. You're not winning. So what? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, like it doesn't hurt to try new things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Put Josh Jackson in the starting lineup. See yeah. what happens. Yeah. If it's worse, then you can take him off. It really doesn't matter at it, this point. Seriously. And the thing is, in like 20 minutes. He's getting you like a block and a steal. He's al- he averages almost one and one. Yeah. Plus what he gets you like two or three threes. His points will be low and then his uh his rebounds are wherever. But I think he's a talented enough player. He was a uh, he was on uh, Phoenix with Devin Booker. Uh, he showed shades that he could be something. Fortunately, his attitude did get in the way. Um, he had very poor attitude. Uh, I don't know if it, that's still the. I'm not sure if that's still the. Uh, the case the case now uh but uh what i've seen from him is really really good but what i've seen from detroit not not so much yeah and, and i'll give Dwayne casey some you know some leeway here because detroit hasn't had a good roster in a long long time um you know since blake griffin was playing well with them uh, was the last time that they had any meaningful roster um and i think they had and even what? then he never got them to playoffs no he never got the, i think he, did he not one season? He might have. Maybe one season, but I don't yeah. think he's... I don't think... I think for the most part... Like, again, Blake Griffin signed for minimum. Yeah. That's a, that's about all I have to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, Blake Griffin was pretty good like three years ago, though, two years ago. Yeah, he was He was on that verge. Like, I picked him in fantasy yeah. in the draft, hoping that he could do something like 15, 5, and 5, which yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. Couldn't even do that. Um, and I think around that time when he was doing well, though, was when they had Derrick Rose and he had a little bit of a resurgence in Detroit Yeah, and then Detroit well. traded Derrick Rose to New York. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Derrick Rose wanted to go, though, eh? Yeah, okay. Remember he was saying he wanted to go, uh, back to Madison go for Square. He wanted a chance at the playoffs, basically, is what he said. In New York? And he said he couldn't do it in Detroit. I mean, 
New York started playoffs. up hot, man. Well, and they're, they're in the, the playoffs, playoffs right now. Yeah. They're doing well this year. Um, and it seems like everyone's having fun, you know? They got Julius Randle, who's an all-star this year, yeah. uh, which is incredible, by the way. Um, congrats to him. But, uh, yeah, they're doing well, man. Look, a lot of these Eastern teams that we thought were chump change are actually doing well this year. Charlotte is... Oh, Charlotte's w- killing because LaMelo is just... Yeah. It's amazing. He's amazing, but he's made everyone else Better, amazing. Yeah. Like, Terry Rozier is a legit threat now. Yeah. He is a he's doing what Kemba did basically, in, in, yeah. in Charlotte, right? Yeah. Like and he didn't do that until LaMelo got there. Uh, even Gordon Hayward I would say got a little better. Uh, even though yeah. Gordon Hayward was never, you know, terrible terrible, but he yeah. even he got a little bit better under LaMelo. Well, he's everyone's good. Cody Zeller is good or better. Yeah. Joe, um Devontae Graham is yeah. is much Devontae better. Devontae Graham still playing well. Yeah. Uh they got PJ Washington, they got Miles Bridges, I want to say. They have Mal- Malachi Bridges, I think. Mikel. Mikel Bridges, sorry. Yeah. They got a decent, like, small forward roster. They have a decent lineup, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's And the, the thing, too, they is... They got energy, yeah. They got... Watching the game yesterday against the Raptors, these guys got great chemistry. They do. They look, they look like, fluid. They look like the Raptors did when, when the Raptors had good chemistry. Unfortunately, yeah. the Raptors have not had very much good chemistry this year. But obviously, you know, not all of it is their fault. Mm-hmm dealing with a lot of issues right now with the COVID situation. Um, very difficult to compete when you don't have three of your starters. Though, yeah. yeah. Well, it's exciting for Charlotte. I'm excited for Charlotte. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, it's really fun, especially when you see someone like LaMelo Ball and you're thinking that he's only, what is he, 18? 19? Yeah, he must be 18, maybe 19. Can you imagine in five years when he gets used to the league, you know, what what he might be capable of statistically and wait till he fills out too. A lot of people don't realize yeah, he's still really 180 skinny. pounds. Yeah. At six foot seven. Yeah. I think. He yeah. still needs to fill out. Um, but what I love about this guy is that he has the vision. You see some of his passes, you see the moves yeah. he makes, like he's balling out there, um, hooping with the best of them. And he makes really good decisions out there. And like we said, it's shown all of his teammates have done significantly better, better. Uh, look at their three-point shooting especially yesterday oh, oh yeah my they're one of the I, I, okay I don't know that for sure but they're a really good three-point shooting yeah. team they shoot a lot of threes and they can all shoot threes they Lamella can, shoot, can shoot threes yeah. uh, Terry Rogier shoots threes yeah. Gordon Hayward shoots threes uh, Bridges shoots like everybody on that Everyone team shoots, shoots threes, threes. Which is where the league is going toward, and you should, and 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 it's already there. So. It's already there. Yeah, the league's already there. Um, I think somebody on Reddit posted a comparison of 2001 season shot chart well, versus uh, like this year, and it's insane. E- easily said, Larry Bird averaged one three a game. Yes, and he was the best shooter. Yeah. Well, so, I'm sure Michael Jordan probably only averaged like two, maybe. I don't even think he averaged like, if that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't even think he averaged more than one. Yeah. So I, I think it was less than that. They don't they didn't take many threes back because they never yeah. saw the potential in taking a three, because you're more likely to miss it as yes. opposed to now where the whole stat like calculations have changed. Oh, it's all the right? analytics now. That's all the rage. And if you can't shoot a three now, you're not making a roster basically at this yeah. point. I mean, we're seeing you know Blake Griffin. Oddly enough, is the only reason he still plays is because he can, he can shoot, shoot threes. threes yeah. Um. So kudos to him for shifting his game from you know you know lob city to to uh to three-point three, shooting but yeah. um everybody should you threes must now. shoot threes you even DeRozan, threes. DeRozan's starting to take a little few more threes and oh, he can make them but he sometimes the raptors he shoots like five threes yeah, for some reason yeah <laughs> so um yeah crazy crazy so 
We talked about Blake Griffin getting bought out. Now, how do you feel about his signing with uh, Brooklyn Nets? Nets? Yeah, I mean, is. par for the course, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He'll bring some energy in 15 to 20 minutes. I don't foresee him taking up too many minutes, but he'll definitely be second unit kind of guy. Steve Nash has already said Blake Griffin won't play until he's up to speed, which will, will take probably two or three weeks. And they're in no rush to get him there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a decent sign for them. It would have been nice if they would have got Allridge. Uh, not traded, obviously. It would have, it would have had to be a sign after a buyout. Right. Uh, but I guess they're trying to go for the now. Um, I think it was a good move for them. They were a little, apparently, not that I saw it, but apparently analysts said that they were pretty small up front mm-hmm. or pretty light up front, I should say. Right. Uh, so this sort of helps them, especially when KD gets back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you can get a, not that Blake Griffin's any superstar or anything like that, but when you can get him for a million dollars. Yeah, why not? Why not? Exactly. Yeah, Even yeah. if he plays five minutes a game, that's five minutes of uh, a guy who used to be a former all-star, right? So He can give you, and he can give you a lot in that five minutes. Yeah, he can give you a lot yeah. in that five minutes. I'd rather have Blake Griffin in those five minutes than, you know, uh, whatever, a G League call-up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, But, uh, so... I mean, it makes sense, man. I I, I got to say, Brooklyn's really looking like the the fa- the favorites uh, going into these playoffs. Um, I might even say they're heavy favorites. The Lakers. It, it's it remains to be seen how well Anthony Davis is going to play once he returns. Mm-hmm. Um, although he has been, um, he's been he started his on court work now. I believe he's two weeks away, uh, so we should see his return shortly. Yeah. And they're no rush to get him back as they're sitting atop the West. I don't think they're first, but they're top three, I think. I think, funny enough, Denver dropped to eighth at one point. Did they? Yeah. And then, uh, so it's been like all over the place. Phoenix has been solid at like three or four. Yeah, Phoenix is very, very the much quiet. Yeah, quietly doing. Well. And you know what it is, too? It's because no. Uh, not that Devin Booker isn't playing insanely well, but uh, he's, he's not, actually playing less. I was gonna say he's not he's not having to do what he's done in the previous years because yeah. of Chris Paul. Yeah, uh, so which now takes I, a lot of pressure off him, so he can ex- do what he can do. Exactly. So now they're winning yeah. with him. I will say about like Devin percent of what he used to do. I will say about Devin Booker is that he needs to increase that that three point should be four threes a game. I know it's a high number, and I know it's it can be unrealistic, but with a lot of the pressure off, and you're even. Comparable, comparatively from your last season stats, you're you're a lot you're down. But as we just discussed, it's because Chris Paul is taking a lot of that pressure off of you. And and in that respect, you should have a lot more open shots. Is what I feel. And this was my griff with Devin Booker last year too, because he only averaged I think two threes a game. Um, and I think you need to get that number up. But I think it is up this year, but not much. It's not at three. I think. It might be at two and a half. And I think that's a number he could get up because he's a great shooter. He reminds me a lot of Kyrie Irving. Their form is really nice and he can do it. I was just about to make that comparison as well. Uh, but in the opposite way in that uh, these guys can drive and hit that mid-range. Mm-hmm. So that's the, I, that's the reason why they don't take as many threes because yeah. you know half of their offense comes from how they're able to create um, with their handles because they have some of the like obviously Kyrie Irving is the best handles in the game but yeah. Devin Booker he's got really nice handles as well well he can drive right yeah he can drive you, I, I know you once said that he was a better driver than James Harden <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you recant that but I know you once said that but you didn't say that because you didn't know what you're talking about he is a good driver he's got um, handles man and he's got great handles he's got right? handles so I mean if he really wants and that's a thing 
Devin Booker's always been a fringe all-star, in my opinion. He just got put there because Kevin Durant got injured, and then he didn't end up playing because he got injured, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's the thing. And I think if you start averaging, you know, three or four threes a game, people will start looking at you a little differently. Not that you're not. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you need to propel a different part of your game that you haven't really worked on, from what I can see anyway. Um, four threes a game would be perfect. It would sort of set you apart. Something like Zach Levine's doing. He's doing four threes in Chicago. It's amazing. So, Yeah, fair enough. Um, Zach Levine is such an interesting player, too, because obviously he's a former dunk champ. He reminds uh, me also of Kyrie and Devin Booker. These guys all remind me of each other. Obviously, Kyrie's being like... I think uh, Zach Levine's a, a good bit taller, though, eh? 6'4", I think. No way. Is he only 6'4"? Yeah, he's short. He's not that tall. That can't be right. I think so. This guy's a two-time dunk champ. I think he's only 6'4". I don't think he's that tall. Anyways, well, we'll check that up uh, in a sec. But um, he's been playing out of, his, out of his mind this year as well. Uh, he made the All-Star team this year, right? Who? Uh, Zach Levine, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he was he, a... I think he was a starter. Yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't a starter, oh, but a starter. Uh, okay. uh, he made the team this year. But uh, going back to Devin Booker, though, I mean, two and a half threes, though, that's not bad. No, but... Four threes a game. I mean, like, we look at three-point specialists, and some of them don't even do that. You look at a guy like, for example, Joe Harris, who exclusively is there to shoot threes. It's a two and a half, I yeah, think, or three. Probably at three, three, three point something. I think uh, Duncan Robinson is almost at four. Yeah. So uh, Zach Levine's at four. Yeah, those are elite three-point shooters. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like, when you get to that four threes a game level, you're talking about the very best of the best. I don't know. I always had that expectation that Devin Booker could, you know, was a great shooter, which he is. He can shoot, for sure. But he's got so much more in the arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Phoenix has quietly been doing really well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs. Um, I think they'll do well. It's tough to say. That West is so scary. As long as they stay in the top half of the bracket. Because then they won't have to face the Clippers or Lakers uh, until the second round earliest, right? Um, That's what I will say. But if they drop to the bottom half of the bracket and they have to face the Lakers, Clippers, or... Even, I would say, Denver. Um, although they may have to face them. Denver's in the bottom half of the bracket. Let's see, man. Oh, my yeah, God. The West crazy. is like a... Yeah, it's really... Uh, it's the West crazy. is crazy right now. I mean, the Raptors are just out of the playoff spot now. Yes. So even if we were to make it back, we got to face Philly first round. Oh, my goodness. Let us oh, talk. Oh, Joel Embiid just dropped. Yeah, he's only out two weeks, though, eh? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Two to three weeks. Yeah, they said it was uh, uh, muscle bruising or whatever. Mm. So nothing tore, which is great. Good. Um yeah. I saw that too. He hyper hyperextended. Yeah, he hyperextended the knee. It yeah, was he did. Bad. Before we so let's before we talk about the Raptors, let's talk about Joel Embiid mm-hmm. and the Philadelphia Sixers. Obviously, MVP First candidate. The, Joel I, yeah, I mean he's an MVP candidate easily. Does this two weeks off, three weeks off? Is that going to hurt his chances? No, because you're going to see how bad Philly is going to be this next three weeks. So there was a guy. I forgot who it was. Not really a known name in sports. Basically, he shitted on Ben Simmons, saying that he wasn't very good. He stands by what he says. He's a great statistical player, and he's I a great that. defender. And he said Tobias Harris deserved all-star over him, right? Yeah. yeah. But he said that uh, the holes in Ben Simmons' game, more or less is what he said, uh, is what's going to cost him. So we're going to see in the next three weeks. I'm going to think they're going to keep Joel Embiid out for three weeks. Uh, granted that they don't completely fall apart. This is a good test for Philly, and this is actually a very good test for that reporter to see if he's actually telling the truth. But I know we shit on guys in fantasy for taking Joel Embiid very early, but we see now that they were absolutely right, that Joel Embiid 
is a you know first rounder, right? So well, I I don't think anybody ever was concerned about the stats he puts up because we've talked about the fact it's that it's his health. It's his health, yeah. and we're seeing it now. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to be off for two three weeks, which right? is not bad. He it's played the entire bad. season. It's right? not bad, but this is the season still yet to go, right? Yeah. What if he comes back injures himself again, right? It's possible. Um, so that, that, that's the main concern with Embiid. I th- I think when everybody looks at his numbers, everyone knew that he is a you know if it's he, a threat he's a threat he, he could easily be a top six candidate if well, he's, he's a top two for mvp it's him and lebron i think right now no no i just mean in fantasy uh he could easily go top six in 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 the drafts yeah. if, if he was healthy that's yeah. that's the concern because his averages he, no issues with his averages and he's been healthy this year it's just that this happened and he's out for three weeks which is not terrible because sometimes you only play two games in a week yeah sometimes you have to play three i don't really know the philadelphia schedule but this will be an interesting test for them this is a good this is a good opportunity for the Nets to take that first spot. Um, or uh, Giannis and the Bucks. They're, or the they're Bucks. closing the gap, too. I, I saw the... I think they're only like three or four games out. They're very good when Drew Holiday's playing. Well, Very they, good. They better be. They, they unloaded half their team for Drew yeah. Holiday. I didn't realize how good they were. Because Bucks were struggling. And they weren't winning. I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, didn't, he was injured. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't they have a great push at the beginning of the season? They did, and it was with Drew Holiday. Yeah, uh, Drew Holiday was enough for them, you know, to push them over. I was like, oh shit! So this is very interesting. And they got Drew Holiday back again, and now we're starting to see that yeah. resurgence. I mean, it, it made the way their seasons played out made sense. They traded a lot of their depth in order to get Drew Holiday. So Drew Holiday is on that level. Um, when he goes down, obviously they didn't play too well because they didn't have any more depth. Mm-hmm. But it's because they traded for this guy. Um, so yeah, if, if, as long as Drew Holiday is healthy, they are a threat for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now again, they're having the same problem that Brooklyn does in terms of just being top heavy. Any one of those guys goes down. Well, Brooklyn's a different story because they got three super superstars. Um, so one of those guys go down, they can still be competitive. But on the other side for Milwaukee, if one of those guys in terms of Middleton or um, Drew Holiday goes down in the playoffs, good luck. Yeah, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, I'll say I'm. I'll be rooting for Boston. Um, I really like Boston as a team. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, obviously. I'm not huge on Kemba, but I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by the difference that Marcus Smart makes on that team. He like literally helps the entire team out. He's source of energy. Uh, he's sort of like their Kyle Lowry, like how Kyle Lowry is with us. Um, and I'm not a big Marcus Smart guy at all, but I see what he does on the court, and it. It shows me that, like, yeah, okay. Um, I think people forgot about Boston, but Marcus Smart has been out for quite a while with an injury, and he just got back yesterday, I believe. He's um, like their Draymond. Yes, that's a great that's a great comparison. Um, so I'm excited for Boston. I'll be rooting for Boston in these playoffs, as they'll obviously have a hard road, uh, just like the Toronto Raptors would be, or anyone in the bottom half of the seating. But uh, I, I I think Boston's heart will have to come out as it always seems to come out in playoff games when they beat, especially when they beat us uh, last se- last playoffs. Um, well, uh, what I like about Boston and, and tell me if, if you feel the same way about this, but when I look at Boston, I feel very relatable in terms of how they yeah. play compared to the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of just heart and soul, heart and soul, they obviously got a lot of skill stuff, as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, there's no obviously perennial superstar on that team. There's no yeah. Kevin still, Durant, LeBron James on that no, team. No, Jason Tatum's still finding his way. Same with Jalen Brown. They're young guys, so he, 
they still they're still learning and they're still making mistakes yeah. um but they're still very good at what they do so yeah, it'll be they, interesting to they see they play a very pleasant style of ball to watch yeah um so yeah as long as they're not facing the raptors i have no issues with uh, rooting for boston uh, I, again they are a team that i i, I do f- sort of relate to a little bit uh, when i look at them um so yeah that'll be an interesting uh, team to to watch out for in, in the playoffs miami's been on a hot streak mm-hmm. 13 of their last like 14 17 or, or something yeah, like that. 17 yeah some some crazy like that yeah they're in the playoffs now i think they're eighth seed right oh, now. oh they're so. well in the playoffs no no they're way past eighth seed i think oh, are they yeah, yeah yeah so they're above 500 right now for sure um i think charlotte right now is the eighth seed no you know who it is Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah. When oh, we man, lost to Atlanta. yeah, when we lost to Atlanta, they took our spot, which is uh, very dude. There's sad. a there is a small chance we don't make playoffs this year. There's a small chance, but again, okay, let's talk about the Raptors now. Okay, because that's our team. We just had a tough season, man. Like you well, can't win games if you don't have three of your starters. Yeah, well, we we've been what do you call it tracing, the tracing yeah the contact contact, contact tracing. tracing. So we've been out without our stars. Even Fred Van Fleet's been out. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet. Yeah. So Kyle Lowry's the only one that's back, really. Two of our best defenders in in Siakam and OG, and then you can consider two of our offensive threats in Van Vliet and Siakam as well. Like that's fifty yeah. points between the two of those guys yeah. that we don't get. Yeah. So I understand why the Raptors are where we are right now. We're yeah. about I think what three games behind five hundred right now. Um, I think we will make playoffs, but we need our guys back. If we continue to just have these weird I kinda, struggles, I kind of don't want to make playoffs. Why not though? Because we are absolutely dead last. I, th- I think they're in Tampa Bay. They're not at home. Um, I don't want us to go into the playoffs only to get brutalized by somebody. I hear what you're saying. But I think even I think we lose easily to Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. I don't know about Milwaukee. Maybe maybe not Milwaukee. The the thing is we're not bad enough and, to compete uh, for that last spot. We're gonna be a tenth seed or a ninth seed, and to yeah, miss we're playoffs, gonna be ninth seed. Yeah, to miss the playoffs as a tenth or ninth seed is really unsatisfying. I would say. Yeah, we're yeah. I mean, it, it may not happen, but like looking at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, they all have an argument to be there. I mean, so do so do we, uh, but. I I think you just get a draft pick. I don't know what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry this year either. But that's what I'm saying. If you're a 10th or 9th seed, the draft pick, you know... Is it doesn't it, matter. You don't you don't get higher odds. I think it's 9 to nine to 13 or whatever. It's the same odds. Are you sure? Because that's why they try, to, they try to prevent tanking. Yeah, I know they made some rules change, but I, I would find it very odd if the guy who's in last place doesn't have any chance of getting better odds. Maybe. Maybe it's slightly better, but I think... They got rid of tanking because tanking shouldn't matter. It's either you make the playoffs or you don't make the playoffs. Well, I thought that's why they introduced the the play-in. Maybe. I don't know, man. <laughs> They're always changing rules. Like, Anyways, from, from what we know, though, typically the the, the last, you know, the person few. last in the standings is, is going to have the best chances. So The last few. I don't think it's dead last. The last, like, three, maybe? No, for sure. Previously, at least in previous seasons, the dead last had better odds. Not that dead, dead last. I think it's been like the last, the last three, maybe. No, you get progressively better 
odds the the lower you go anyway it's something we should research as podcasters because <laughs> clearly we don't know i mean it would make sense for the odds i'm to not be arguing the lower that. you are i'm not arguing that i just I, I thought that they had changed that rule so that teams wouldn't tank because i had an issue with tanking and they didn't know how to prove that someone was tanking so they just got rid of the rule uh where the odds are i don't think dead last has the best odds i think you might be right in the fact that where you are gives you a better percentage but I think it's not the dead last. I think it's the dead last three uh, might have a higher percentage. Otherwise, you know who's going to get the pick every time, right? No, well, you wouldn't because you just get better odds, but it doesn't mean they're going to draw you when they, right, do, the, right, when they right. do the lottery. Um, anyways, while I research this, uh, just because I'm curious myself now, um, it's always strange. They're always changing rules. Same with the All-Star games. Like, it was East versus West, and whoever won gets home court advantage in the finals, which made sense to me. And then now they went with Team LeBron and Team KD, which is hard to say. Like, they're always uh, changing no, rules. You are absolutely right. So the bottom three teams will have an equal 14% chance of winning the top pick. Yeah. Um, so still, though, the, the point the still stands is the bottom yeah. three, right? Like, And I don't think the Raptors are that terrible enough to be a bottom three candidate. Again, those are odds. Doesn't necessarily mean the bottom three teams will get it. It could be a ninth seed team that gets it, right? Just it could. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's I would say get a draft pick. Um, no, but that's. <laughs> so if you're saying get a draft pick, you're saying tank to the bottom three. Again, ninth place could get first pick. So just it doesn't matter. Just try to win the games you can win. No, so listen. Do you want the draft pick or do you not want the, the draft You're pick? You're getting a draft pick regardless <laughs> if you don't make playoffs. I, I understand that, but if you want the draft pick, you got to go all in. Yeah, okay, fine. Go all in. I don't give a shit. Send everyone home. It doesn't matter. I don't think we're doing anything this year. We have, let alone, like, we have Kyle Lowry rumors of him leaving the city, selling his house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, we're not here to play. We're here to figure out what we're doing with our future, clearly. Because right now, it's, I don't know. I mean, Fred Van Fleet comes back, Siakam comes back, and OG comes back. Yeah, I mean, when you say those names, it sounds like we could definitely, we definitely should try to make playoffs and see what we can do. Uh, but I just don't like playing in Tampa Bay. I'd rather just fold it in for this season and come back home next season. But I don't know. If Lowry's not coming back with us, then let's start making... I don't know. It's, I mean, there's so many questions with the Raptors right now. So, well, here's why I'll say we go for playoffs. The The... the Bottom three on the brackets right now is Charlotte, the Knicks, and Hawks. And I think we're better than all three of those teams when we're healthy. Uh, so, um, I mean, yeah, if you don't want to be... I agree with you. If we go to the playoffs, we're going to get smoked by the, first the Sixers, round. Brooklyn, the Bucks. But at the same time, like, if I had to choose between tanking and making playoffs, I'm going to go with making playoffs. Mm. Um I would like to tank so we can get some young, we can get someone young, um, and start developing him for next season, um, because I don't see anyone coming to Toronto and I don't really see us signing anybody. I don't see, I don't see the need um, of anyone wanting to come here. And I, you know, it goes back to that whole like who wants to play in Toronto thing, and especially if Lowry leaves, um, I'd rather just draft someone who's looking for an opportunity and that's hungry, and just train him for get him started. And I think we can build with that for the next season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it comes back down to the, because uh, you're saying just drop to 10th or something and get that draft pick. But I mean, nobody actually does that. No. If you're going to go for the draft pick, you're going to bottom yeah. three pick, right? Uh, or bottom three in the standings. 
Um, let's talk about that Lowry rumor. <laughs> Kyle Lowry rumor. Where, where does Kyle Lowry go? Does he get traded, first of all, at the deadline? Well, he only wants to go to Philly. I mean, I'm sure he would play in Miami. Yeah. My, I don't see Miami needing him, though. Did Miami, was Miami one of the teams? Miami was one of the teams. Yeah. He has a good relationship with Butler. Um, I mean... Well, the thing about they the may Heat not is, need him, but they'll get better with him for the, sure. The thing about the Heat is they're not trading anybody. Yeah, you're right. So we're, we're not trading him to Heat. So I don't know why Heats are in the rumors. It doesn't make sense to me because you don't want to let go of any of your young talent, which rightfully so. I mean, things change though. Maybe they will. Say they offered um, Tyler Hero, which I doubt they would. But if they did, I mean, that yeah, you'd have to take. Well, you'd have to take it. Yeah, because Kyle Clary is not staying in Toronto. It looks like right. Yeah, so he's gone. Gone by deadline or gone by next year? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think they're going to vet offers for Kyle Lowry, and if they see something they'll like, they'll talk to Kyle Lowry and say, hey, this is what we see, whatever, whatever. Um, but if we lose him for nothing, that'll be just as bad. So, I mean, either way, it's bad. It's either you get something or you lose them for nothing. Yeah, and that's what I'm worried about. I, I agree with you. I do think they're probably vetting offers right now, but I, I don't really see any appealing offers from any of the because they want to like, do right by him too. They don't want. They're not going to trade yeah. him to any garbage town team. Like if we're going to trade him to Philly, I want someone like Tobias Harris, which is a huge ask. Back right. Oh, there's no way. Yeah. See, we'd maybe get uh, uh, who's Daddy's Tybo. Yeah. Or um, I think there's another young guy that a lot of people are big on, something Maxi. Yeah. Uh, I've seen his name being floated around, but obviously we'd have to get picks back as well. Yeah, which is what, yeah. Well, that's what I would want. I'd want your picks. I I need your picks. Philly has a lot of picks. They do have picks, yeah. So um, I'd, I'd want something like that in return. Yeah, I guess that would have to be the way picks. Yeah, it would be Which for is, sure. goes back to my master plan of drafting anyway, so... It could work. It could work either way. Make playoffs and get a good draft. So that'd yeah. actually be the most optimal thing. And in that, in, in saying that, that means that we're losing Kyle Lowry. But I mean, it is what it is, right? At this point. Yeah. Um, let's not overrate the draft picks too, though. Um, like obviously, a second round draft pick is. No, good. second round is whatever. I want yeah. first round. Even a first round, though, like if it's not top ten, it's it's a shoot. Yeah, it's that's, a crap shoot. And then you got to think about when these guys are going to be available to actually compete, right? Because they need development and all that stuff. Um, like I don't want to be a team that gets draft picks, picks up guys that, but we're not going to compete for another three years because we need to develop these guys. Yeah, but I think we're still we still can compete with Fred Van Fleet, OG, and Pascal. So I don't think it hurts us at all to get some young guys. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But all I'm saying is that I, I would prefer to get guys that are in the league now. Um, because if you say you get a good draft pick, you pick a guy who still needs a couple of years of development, we're going to be in the same boat next year then without Kyle Lowry. Yeah, but the and then what do we do then? Do we tank again? The prospects that you're giving me for Kyle Lowry aren't very good. Like Miles Talibu or whatever. He steals. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like... You know what I mean? No, I'm saying that would be... That's just a realistic option. I agree with you that I would much rather have an actual... I'd rather have a... a Tobias Harris type guy, but that's not, it's not, it's not realistic. Right. So then in that case, you'd want a hungry kid, per se, yeah. in a draft who wants to play and needs to prove himself and sees Toronto as that opportunity. 
you know, as a Yeah, no, so. for sure. All I'm saying is let's not get too caught up on the drafts, right? Because, you know, we're talking about tanking this season to get a draft. We're talking about trading Kyle Lowry for draft picks. Uh, if we do all of that, next year we're going to be in the same boat. Well, how, how, do you, how do you figure? Because we'll have guys who can't, aren't ready to compete now. That's what but we saying. have guys that can compete now. Well, that's what I'm saying. If we have guys compete now, why aren't we competing this year? Because yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we got to figure out Kyle Lowry's situation too, right? No, 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 for sure. That's all I'm saying. Just keep that in your mind, right? Because we're talking about getting draft picks, getting draft picks. You know, these guys aren't going to be ready till two, three years. Um, you know, if, if they were, we wouldn't have guys like Malachi Flynn playing in the in the G League. Um, can't even scratch the, 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 the roster right now. Mm. Um and then, yeah, if we have guys to compete, let's compete. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, what's on your mind, Mark? What do you got on, on the schedule here? I guess moving on to wrestling. All right. So that is it for the NBA then. <laughs> I would think that's it. We're just going to hopefully get our guys back, hopefully make playoffs. Um, hopefully make playoffs? Hopefully make playoffs. Hopefully make playoffs. Apparently, that's what we do in Toronto. We make playoffs. So let's continue with the ritual. Hopefully we'll get that 10th spot. See. We'll see. We've got to see what's going to go on with Kyle Lowry. I think that's the biggest question mark right now. I don't think playoffs are a question mark. I think Kyle Lowry is the biggest question mark right now. So let's figure out that situation first, and then let's see where we can go. Um, there's some vital weeks ahead for the Toronto Raptors, and I don't. I think it's being very understated. Well, yeah, the draft deadline's coming up in, in I mean, sorry, the trade, trade deadline's deadline. coming up in two weeks. Uh, so if we don't see Kyle Lowry traded, then I'm assuming we go for playoffs. And we, yeah. Even if we do see Kyle Lowry traded. We still go for playoffs. Probably, I don't know, it really depends. Yeah. I just want to bring the guys back home. I don't think it's home. I don't think it's worth it go to the playoffs and having your home games in Tampa when everyone's going to be rooting for fucking uh, the Nets or rooting for Philly or rooting, you know, and these guys are just, I want these guys to come home and I want Lowry to come home. Ideally. Oh, if we were in Toronto playing games, I would without a doubt say, let's make playoffs. I just don't like Tampa Bay for them. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. So now it comes out, Mark. Now it comes out. All right. All right. So, um, so moving on to wrestling, uh, so much. Big congratulations happened. on his so much first has happened. title reign. Bobby Lashley, congratulations, sir. You did it in weasel fashion. <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> in Excuse weasel fashion. You? Like Drew McIntyre said, couldn't face me man to man, had to beat me up after my match, let the Miz win, and have your contract with the Miz. I'm like, it's absolutely right. Everyone's forgetting about that. Everyone's focusing on who... Uh, what his background is, and he achieved it, which is cool. It's fine. Um, I like Bobby Lashley. I always thought Bobby Lashley was physically big enough to hold that belt, um, but he needed a mouthpiece like MVP, who obviously, again, did a stellar job. Um, I definitely think the way he won it wasn't the greatest. Um, obviously, Miz winning the belt was also very surprising. Um, congratulations to him having holding the belt 10 years after the fact. I think that's bigger than people are giving him credit for because they've completely wiped him off. Um, and I thought he got like messed up in, in this little 10-minute storyline with Bobby Lashley. Nonetheless, Bobby Lashley is the champion, and we don't know yet who he'll face 
It's looking like Drew McIntyre, but very possibly Keith Lee could be in the mix somewhere too because he put Keith Lee out, out quote unquote. Um, so it'll be interesting. But yeah, great. Uh, Bobby Lashley's first belt with the with the with the organization. Another Drew Drew McIntyre like story. Yeah, congratulations to Bobby Lashley. Like he said, I think the match to make here, and I don't know if it's a realistic possibility, but it's the one that everyone wants to see is Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. That obviously would be fireworks, complete fireworks. I, I, I would love to see that. They're just two big bodies. I think it's I think it's the absolute right move for Bobby Lashley. I think it's absolutely the right move for Brock uh, for WWE, and it's absolutely the right move for WrestleMania. Yeah. If he drops the belt, though, to someone like Keith Lee, I would be very disappointed. Um, Keith Lee's has been having terrible luck. Congratulations to him and his girlfriend, Mia Yim, on, on the engagement. But, like, your call-up, ever since you've been called up, it's just been bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. And that's what I'm saying. They haven't built him yet to the point where he should be threatening Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Lashley yeah. no. Uh, so hopefully he's not in the mix, but like you said, you never know with the WWE. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Drew would be all right. I, I think that would be... <laughs> it's just lackluster because we've seen it sort of, and you kind of know that Drew might win it. And even if Drew doesn't win it, it's not like... I just like the idea of the uh, the giant versus giant, um, similar to Brock versus Lashley, um, because Drew's a big, scary dude as well. Yeah, but I think the allure of it is gone. I think Brock Lesnar brings that allure back. Oh, for sure, because we haven't right? seen him. We haven't seen Brock. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously two big, physically big guys. Like Bobby I agree. Lashley is humongous. I'm not and saying Drew. Arguably in better shape. I'm not saying Drew than, over uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. The first thing I said was that I wanted to see Brock Lesnar. But I'm just saying as a consolation prize, that would be okay. Uh, I wouldn't mind Lesser that. of the two matches, Edge and Roman Reigns being the other one to compare it to yeah between those two well i mean when, when it's you, edge when you have edge yeah exactly yeah, when you have, you have a, edge but when you have a repeat match that you already had three four maybe about a year ago you guys had this match with bobby and drew you've done the match already that was unfortunately when was that probably less than a year ago it wasn't for Tyler it was early anything, it was right? right when he got off uh lana's dick and uh <laughs> and uh Started going with uh, MVP. They uh, they arranged the match and and they had it and drew one. It was like very instantly, not very instantly. They built it up for the play per view and then that was about it. Right. Sort of went away and then they always had this like tension between them and that was it. I think because probably they knew that this was probably the match that they wanted for the next WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it would be the lesser of the two. I agree. I mean, but the thing is, outside of Drew. Is there any other match that would be appealing? Just Keith Lee. And even still, I wouldn't find it. You'd find yeah. that appealing? Yeah, a little appealing. <laughs> I'd find it a little appealing just to see what they do with Keith Lee because Keith Lee's so gifted, regardless of his luck. He's still a very gifted athlete. Um, I think him and Bobby Lashley could probably put on a great match. Um, yeah, it's I've seen Drew and him already, and I'm not interested in seeing Drew again. I think just because... Drew's kind of been thrown in our face for a whole year. And I think that's probably what it is with me. Fair. But, I mean, he's still a contender. He's not, he is a contender. He is a contender. I don't really know what you do with Drew. Um, if, I think what you do with Drew is if, if Bobby Lashley is going to face either uh, Brock or uh, Keith, Keith Lee, what you do with uh, Drew is you get him to fight, uh, what's his face? 
um, Braun Strowman, who looks like he's going to be fighting Shane McMahon. Because Shane's calling him stupid like every week. I didn't understand that promo, by the way, where he came out for the apology. And then uh, he I just don't think left. anybody understood it because no. I was trying to Google like exactly what he's apologizing for. Nobody knew what he, this was about. He apologized because him and Aaron Pierce were in a match, a tag team match uh, with the tag team champions. And uh, they were going to win because Braun uh, power slammed. Uh, what's his face? Uh, one of the one of the one of the hurt guys. OK. Um, and uh, Shane jumped on, jumped onto the ring and said, tag Pearson, let him pin him. So for some weird reason, Bob Braun Strowman takes advice from Shane McMahon, tags Pierce in, and then I think it was Cedric who just rolls him up for an easy pin. Mm. And then Braun gets pissed. Braun comes out, says, Shane, you've been trying to screw me for a whole year. You know that big baby, like big big man baby complex thing? Mm-hmm. And then Shane comes out and Shane's like, you're right, I'm sorry. And then he sort of just walks off. I saw that, yeah, yeah. And then uh, he goes into his car or whatever drives away but then you see Braun walk by and then you see Shane say oh that guy's so stupid and that's where that storyline so it looks like they're going with a Shane and Braun Strowman storyline which I think you should do Drew and Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman had great matches with Roman Reigns I don't see why you couldn't have one with Drew and Braun putting Drew over you know fighting a monster like uh, Braun but yeah uh when i think of braun though and and his matches he typically has to be the guy that you know overpowers and which he can still do with drew because Drew can take it but you're gonna have to fight shane but drew's, drew's not the kind of guy that will get power slam and stay down you know he'll be right back up because he's also built yeah, as a guy is, who uh which is fine i just don't see the allure of shane mcmahon fighting braun so it makes no sense well, i mean when you look at shane mcmahon though this all of his matches, none of it really makes sense. He's not a wrestler. <laughs> no. So even if he were facing AJ Styles or whoever it is, it would be out of out of left field. I agree that uh, Braun versus Shane is out of left field as well. But, I mean, that's that's what Shane does. He just comes back and he does these weird fights. And, and uh, yeah, so. That's what, that's, what I, that's what I would like to have seen for Drew. Something to put him over again. Beat Braun Strowman is a big thing. And then uh, you can, whatever happens after WrestleMania, you can get the belt back. That's fine. I just don't want to see, I don't feel like I want to see Bobby Lashley fight Drew at WrestleMania. I think they're still figuring out who he's going to fight. Um, but I, I don't think that's something I, that would interest me, especially when you got on the other side, Edge versus Roman Reigns, which I think is going to be a very interesting match. Mm-hmm. You know, does Roman lose the belt? Does Edge win the belt? Right. Right. So very interesting things happening. On the SmackDown end, um, Roman will fight Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Um, the Enforcer will either be uh, uh, what's his face, um, Jay, Jay Uso, or um, Edge. Uh, we don't know yet. I think there's probably going to be a match on SmackDown to determine that. Sorry, the what? The Enforcer? Enforce, enforcer, yeah. Someone who will stand outside the ring and enforce the rules. So sorry, you said uh, Jay Uso or who? Edge. Is an edge in the match? What are you talking about? Fast lane. Oh, at fast lane. Yeah. So sorry, who? Well, which match is happening at fast lane? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan versus uh, Roman Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think that's going to be a great match. 
Daniel uh, Bryan, Roman Reigns. Yeah. They've been building up. The, I don't know if you've seen the promos or not. It's been really good. Obviously, Daniel Bryan knows how to cut a fucking promo. It's amazing. And Roman Reigns is just at the top of his heel game right now. So the promos for this is really good. If you actually look at the promo before this, it was Edge going to Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan going to Edge and saying, wouldn't it be interesting if you used your choice to face me at WrestleMania? I'm sure a lot of the fans would want to see that. I'm one of those fans. I would love to see Daniel Bryan face Edge. Um, just in a match. It doesn't have to be for the title. Uh, but there, there, there was also alluding to that, so that sort of makes the storyline a little bit bigger, a little more whole. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, I think the match makes sense when you you look at how it ended at, uh, um, which we call it, um, Helena's Helena's uh, yeah, sorry, elimination, elimination chamber. chamber, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Daniel Bryan earned a shot and then got completely destroyed by Roman Reigns, which made sense because he just went through a hole. So, yeah, it makes sense to have them in, in, in a regular um, um, regular match and a whole match in which they can both prepare. Um, and we know Daniel Bryan can go. Uh, to me, he's very uh, similar to AJ Styles in that they always have great matches no matter who they face. Um, and I'm loving this Roman Reigns heel character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it should be a, a great match. And then, obviously, Edge versus Roman Reigns is going to be fantastic uh were you surprised that edge chose reigns um yeah a little bit but i guess who else does roman fight at this point Mm -hmm. he's beaten everybody in the business including brock lesnar including oh not goldberg he was supposed to fight goldberg last year but he had uh he had to he had covid so he or he he couldn't fight because of covid um but brock goldberg is nobody now so I, i mean it's the perfect choice Edge versus Drew would have been interesting too, but I think Drew is too much of a baby face at the moment to fight Edge, who's another baby face. So it makes perfect sense. I think that was that was the right move. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I like um, I like Edge versus Roman Reigns. Um, it'll be a, a I think it'll be a stylistically just a better match too, because Edge versus a really spear big guy. Spear. <laughs> Three out of the four people who have who are going to be in the WrestleMania main event has spears. That's what they were saying. Yes. Uh, but the reason I said that was just more for the fact that I'd rather see him face a guy that isn't as big as these giants. Or did you mean to say a guy that isn't Randy Orton? I don't mind the Randy Orton edge It's so feed. boring. It's done. It's overdone. It's overtold. It's overplayed. It's 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 too much now. Uh, even Randy Orton versus The Fiend seems like it's overdone. Yeah, I mean... And it looks like they're doing that at WrestleMania again. I, 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 don't, I didn't mind Edge versus uh, Randy Orton, though. First of all, they put on good matches. Let's be, let's be honest. They, they put on good matches. Uh, but also, I like the fact that Edge... Like, the whole thing where Randy Orton came out and, and was destroying all these legends, you know? That was really cool. I like the fact that he... And I think why I didn't like it is because every other night on Raw is Legends Night. And it just didn't feel as connected to me as it should have been. Maybe as as much as it felt connected to you. Oh, Ric Flair's here again. Oh, Shawn Michaels is here again. Oh, Big Show's here again. Let's beat him up to promote us. You know, I, I get it. It works with the storyline. But I think the Legends thing is being overdone with WWE. Um, and to that effect, uh, Randy Orton beating up Legends didn't have the same feel that it had when he was beating up Legends at the age of 25 or 24 when he was first in the league and he was actually beating legends that were fighting legends uh which to me felt more like man you're such a scumbag kind of thing as opposed to this one it was just like uh these are old retired guys 
you could definitely beat him up, but I don't, I don't feel like you're a scumbag. I just feel like they're letting you beat you up to promote the storyline with Edge. I don't know that sort of breaks kayfabe, but I was just gonna say, how how can you say that's not a scumbag move when when he goes and he beats a bunch of legends? Because he's already been, he's already beaten them up in the past. <laughs> it's just bullying them at this point, right? It's like, oh, okay, you guys want it. That's why you're there. Uh, and now, as you see, Paul White is on AEW. So the only time I really thought it or felt it was corny, um, and I still thought it worked in the match, was when they all showed up to help Edge uh, in their well, what what event was that? Hell um, Cell. I can't remember, but uh, you remember that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ric Flair comes out, and all these guys. Big Show comes out. So uh, that was the only time I felt really cheesy because they all came out and helped Edge. At you know. That, that felt a little cheesy, but I didn't mind when he, he beat the crap out of them in the dark while they were playing cards. I, I like that. I, I liked, uh, I actually really liked the Ric Flair promo when he came out. Uh, Rick, Ric Flair can still cut a promo, by the way. Um, but when he came out, then he got proceeded to get uh, punt kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At his age, too. That guy's like, what, 80 years old? No, not 80. I think he's like 67, <laughs> 70, something. Looks like, like he's 80. He looks like he's, yeah, he's. He did not take care of himself very well. You know, he was at one time 250 pounds. Ha, ha. Say that again. 250 pounds. Ric Flair? Yeah. Wow. Fat and muscle. Wow. That's when they were really pushing that like whole well, image. How, how tall is he? Not that tall. I think he's like 6'1". 6'1". 6'2". All right. I, it's not unfathomable. He was fat though <laughs> and muscular. Yeah. He's like fat muscular. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, for sure. Because that's when they were in the whole ideology of the perfect looking wrestler. Right. So you need to be heavy so you can take on the bigger guys. Anyways, uh, that's enough WWE talk. I think the main wrestling that has happened over the last uh, last uh, couple of weeks has been AEW and Impact, but mainly AEW. AEW Revolution happened, um, what, was it last week? I think it was, and... Jeez, should we just get right into the botch? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Could you have imagined uh, a more sour ending to what was an incredible match? Yeah. Uh, the whole pay-per-view as, as a whole was really good. There's some matches we thought were long, which were actually not very long. They were not at all long. So it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, um, it was it was a botch mania um, for that ring setup that was supposed to explode, which I thought was stupid anyway. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, I'm thinking, how you do this without hurting the guys? Unless you're going to cinematically do it. Which I thought was what was going to happen. Because to me, doing it that way, you could put a lot more effects that looked real. And uh, it would just, would it, to me, would have just overall been better. But they did it live, and kudos to them. But wow, that was, uh, it was terrible. Uh, I was a little disappointed, too, that they didn't pull some sort of audible, like, you think, you know, you got guys in productions in the backstage that are there for purposes such as this when shit goes and hits the fan. It's even as easy as putting a lever underneath the ring and explosion, like poof, you can done your fireworks shit and the ring like jolts. And that would have been like, oh shit, like something happened. These guys got well, fucked. Well, somebody right? said too, they could have just collapsed the ring. That would have been Which good. would have been cool too. Yeah. But even then, if they didn't do anything, all they needed to do was have you know kenny omega or don Callis come out and make it a big joke make it a big prank and say ah you guys thought i were really gonna explode this ring are you guys crazy man just make it look like it was a big prank on these guys but 
they didn't pull an audible. They allowed Eddie Kingston to to lie in the mat there, pretending like he was dead after a cup four <laughs> sparklers go off. Yeah. Um, and then that's not Eddie Kingston's fault because he didn't see any of it, so he didn't know that they didn't really go off. Uh, but it's up to you know a referee to come on and say, "Yo, Eddie, you need to, you need to cut a cut a promo here." Nothing went off, you know. And Eddie could have gotten up and been surprised too and shocked and said, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. Um, if you uh, there was footage after the match that wasn't televised, so Chon Moxley basically says, "This is would you buy this exploding ring from Acne or something to Kenny Omega or something?" Yeah, so. and that's what they needed, but on TV because <laughs> yeah. they they played it off like, and I don't know why they did that too. Like I don't know why they didn't tell the commentary to 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 talk about the fact that it it, it didn't go off. Mm. Instead, the commentary is like, "Oh, Eddie Kingston is." He's dying in there. <laughs> Dead. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, great pay per view. Um, besides the main event, you know what? What are some of the matches that stood out for you? Um, the uh, ladder match was really good for Ooh. the uh, TNT number one contendership. Yeah, the brass ring. Um, the brass ring. Yeah, literally, literally a brass ring uh, that was held above the ring. Um, yeah, that was a good match. Uh, Scorpio Sky ended up winning. There were a lot of spots. Uh, the upset was obviously that Cody didn't win. Uh, but looking sort of again at the matches, I kind of like the uh, Sting match as well. Sting Ooh. and Darby match. Um, Great freaking match, moment. dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed that match because I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big cinematographic match kind of guy. But uh, what I, I what I think I liked about it was the fact that they did have some wrestling there. Like they finished it off with Sting and uh, Ricky Starks inside of a ring, right? So yeah. I thought that was cool. But um, I love everything about it. I love the way they filmed it, the style, uh, mm-hmm. how everything was dark, crow style, you know. Um, that spot with obviously the biggest spot of the night was uh, Darby Allen what was at three, four stories in the year yeah. doing the coffin, coffin drop. drop. Yeah. Um, so fantastic match. And it looked like stink could still go. Cause I remember he was about to get power bombed, did a reversal into a roll up with mm. Ricky Starks. And yeah. I was like, shoot, you need some like, you know, a little bit of athleticism to be able to do something like that. Yeah. So I was happy with uh, what I saw from sting and uh, that was a great match as well. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent on that one. Yeah. Was there anything that was there any match that stood out to you? Um, yeah, definitely that match uh, was probably I. I'm gonna say that was my favorite match at the night. I think so too. The Sting match. I did. I did like the uh, Omega Moxie match. They have beautiful chemistry together. Yes. Um, it's hard to say that that wasn't the best match, but yeah, if I'm gonna say that one aside, yeah, Sting and Darby match. Yeah. Uh, definitely did it for me. Um, just a stacked card. Over yeah, overall stacked card. Obviously, they had the women's title on the line as well with Hikaru Shida, mm. um, which was an all right match. Nothing, nothing to write home about. No, uh, the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle. And why we're talking so passively about this is because so much has changed since Dynamite, since this pay per view happened, and then obviously when Dynamite happened after the fact, it's sort of like the after WrestleMania raw match where this everything sort of imploded and went crazy so let's talk about dynamite i mean great pay-per-view usually pay-per-views for AEW is a conclusion of storylines amongst other things Mm -hmm. um 
now we see that Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are sort of in a stable together. Yeah. Uh, that was a funny promo. I'm not sure if you saw it or not. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah. Uh, it was like half serious and then half joking, and they're drinking a little bit, and yeah, they look like they're on their gangster, their gangster mode tour, and ah. it looks like that's coming to a theater near whatever. you. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I enjoy the chemistry together for sure. The chemistry is funny. I just wish they would like, because. Eddie Kingston acted like he died still. And John Moxley saying that was, that was such weak fireworks. So what do you, so technically you never saying, explained it. Yeah, I know. But technically you're saying that Eddie Kingston's weak, right? Like I would say in between the lines, <laughs> Eddie Kingston only explained the fact, the reason why he came in and the reason why he dropped, but they never explained why he was rolling around dying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, nonetheless, not really anything you could do to explain that. <laughs> but the bigger storyline, and this was obviously the, the the last part of Dynamite was the inner circle. Um, I thought that whole situation was done perfectly. I thought the storytelling was good. And Are you happy with MJF's team, though? I think so. It's a good team. Okay. It's a good team. It's... Um, uh, um, uh, FTR, FTR, um, um, and obviously Warlow, Brian, Warlow, plus, uh, Sean Spears, Sean Spears, yeah, Sean Spears. I felt like just got thrown in there because of Tully Blanchard. Yeah, he'll be okay too. He's a big guy and he looks like a little snake. Um, am I ha- now thinking about it? Am I happy with the team? I mean, FTR is awesome. Warlow is Warlow. Sean Spears is the odd man. I feel. I mean, I guess. You couldn't have done better. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense because it's probably MJF alliancing himself with uh, Tully, Tully Blanchard, and his guys, right? Yeah. So I guess it makes sense. I just, I don't know, man. I'm not really super jazzed on this <laughs> this group of guys being a stable. Yeah, I think Inner Circle is still a better stable. Oh, a much better stable, right? So I think in the coming weeks. You're going to see a lot of domination by MJF's crew to put them over. Cause well, I, I love the fact that they brought the original inner circle back. Yeah, well, Sammy G came out Sammy and said, G. you need to watch this. And then uh, it looked like MJF was going to get Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager to turn on Jericho and Sammy, only for Jericho to have the last laugh and you know say, you guys don't think we talk every day at night because the ultimate bromance is the inner circle. Uh, so you see all of them turn and then MJF says, mm, but that's not... I felt that I needed my own inner circle. Yeah. I was just so it'll be interesting to see what the name's yeah. going to be. Um, that'll be, I think, the most interesting thing, which we'll probably get an introduction to this week. Oh, MJF's um, crew. Yeah. yeah, whatever he calls them, the outer circle. Who knows? Um, so I liked it. I think it's a good move. I, I was getting really bored with Jericho and MJF and this whole team yes. up thing. Just the inner circle in general was really boring. Sammy had left because he was upset. Santana and Ortiz just looked lost. And Jake Hager was just like a puppy dog following Jericho everywhere. Um, so it didn't really make sense to me. It really fell out of touch for the inner circle. Well, to it was just a lot of like civil this. warfare, right? And, and, and inner yeah. circle is all about messing everybody else up. Yeah. So I didn't, like, I didn't like this inner circle drama, but... Um, you're right. I think I think they ended it at the right time. They any longer, time. and it would have been overkill. Yeah, it would have been overkill. So if Jericho finally has something to fight for, Sammy Guevara also has something to fight for. Uh, the problem is I don't want to see Jericho fight MJF. I want to see Sammy Guevara fight MJF. So I'm hoping they do that. Um, and uh, Sean Spears can fight Jericho. I don't really care who Jericho fight. Jericho is not a very 
Sorry to say this, just not a great wrestler. Yeah, I mean, ideally he doesn't fight anyone. <laughs> ideally they like beat up Jericho and then uh, Sammy G's the guy that has to avenge him or some, something, something like that. that. That would actually yeah. that would be more fitting to me. Um, Sting got interrupted by Lance Archer. I don't, I'm not sure what that there were that where they're gonna go with that. Lance Archer to me just seems too powerful for Sting to fight. Sting got pissed and left, so it looks like they're they're starting a new storyline there. We saw Scorpion Sky heel turn turn. heel yeah. on Darby at the end there. Yeah, uh, we were not fans of that because I'm a pretty big Scorpion Sky fan. I'm a he- uh, well, I'm not a huge Scorpion Sky fan, but I like him and I like him as a face. Yeah, um, as a heel, I don't know how this is gonna work, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I, I'd... first of all, they need to stop dicking him around and give him a title. Because he gets a lot of awful lot of shots, but yeah. he never wins the title. Yeah. Um, just give him the freaking title already. Uh, second of all, yeah, well, well I think I'll have to um, refrain from making a judgment call on this heel turn. But um, initially, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. And the, uh, the other interesting, I think, interesting storyline that popped up on Dynamite was Cody Rhodes and El Cerro Pentomero. Oh, great promo, El, by the way. El Cerro Mero Pentomero. Yeah, who's that translator? Is that his buddy or who's that guy? I think it's his buddy. Yeah, it was a great promo yeah, though. A good promo, very good promo. And then he ended it by saying like, "I'll make sure I'll break your shoulder so you can't hold your baby," and that's it. And yeah. I was like, "That's perfect. It's a perfect way to put it, and the perfect way to do it." So I'm really excited to see El Penta fight Cody. Unfortunately, Penta is going to be the heel, which is okay. Penta seems like he's a heel anyway, just yeah, by personality. He's always been way. a heel to me. Yeah. So uh, it'll be good to see. I think that's going to be a great match. I'm really happy that Cody's working with him. So yeah, I'm excited for that. So I'm excited for the next three months. Yeah, that'll be like a good a, feud as well. Now, building. let's tie this in a little bit because obviously some stuff happened on um, Impact that uh, is going to, uh, no pun intended, Impact AEW. But uh, so a, uh, Impact had a, a um, pay-per-view yesterday. I forget what it was called. Wow. I need to prepare better. But uh, anyways, they had the unification match with the TNT, TNA title and or what's it called? The two, what are the two titles that they have? Moose has an unofficial oh, yeah. impact heavyweight champion. He has a TNA belt. Yeah, yeah the TNA belt, right? Yeah. yeah and then, uh, and and then, then Rich Swan had the impact actual belt. impact belt. So they had the unification last night. Uh, Rich Swan surprisingly won um, from a roll-up of all things. Uh, roll up after basically Moose was taking them to school in most of that match. Um, and the winner now is going to face Kenny Omega with both titles on the line, which is insane to me. You got to imagine that Kenny Omega is going to win. I can't see a non-AEW yeah. guy not holding that both those titles. That's going to be insane. Yeah, I think so. I think Kenny's going to win that. I don't see Rich Swan holding the AEW belt at the moment. So uh, Kenny holding the... Uh, Impact belt makes perfect sense since Don Callis is with him and the Good Brothers, actually, who lost their belt last night. That's right. Is also with him, which is weird to me. Oh, yes. The Good Brothers lost to uh, Juice and um, what's his name? Dave Dave Finley? What's his name? Fit Finley's son. Anyways, they call themselves um, Fin Juice? Juice Fin? Wow. Something silly. Something silly, yeah. But those are actually New Japan guys, right? Oh, wow. Uh, cause Juice Robinson oh, was yeah, on yeah, Japan. Yeah, Finley is a big Japan guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Juice Robinson, I know, is a big uh, New Japan guy. So I don't know if these guys are still with New Japan or 
what's going on because obviously all three of those They're organizations all are uh, working together now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back, man, Kenny Omega, if he holds both these titles, I mean, this is going to make for an incredible storyline. Yeah, which it looks like he's going to. I just don't know who he's going to feud. He could feud Eddie Kingston. He could feud moxley again or you could feud someone completely new yeah so i think who he's gonna feud is gonna be the interesting part especially with john moxley teaming up with eddie kingston i don't know he could feud someone in impact right yeah i don't know who though yeah i mean uh like moose is probably their biggest guy but he's too big like he's a he's and he's also a heel like kenny yeah if anything kenny would want to align himself with moose yeah, but I could see like Kenny beating Rich Swan and then Moose coming to challenge, say, hey, that title should stay in Impact. I'm challenging. And then he blah, loses. Blah, blah. And then Kenny would have to lose, I think. Yeah. Because I think Moose is really your sell point on Impact. No offense to Rich Swan, um, but Moose is like your physically biggest and gifted wrestler. Yes. I think you would have to go with him just to make a mark. And I think that the, if he can be Kenny, his name will be up on the, you know, yeah, on the map. So. For sure. Are you talking about a, a former, what, linebacker or whatever he was? He's huge. The guy's yeah. is a big guy and he's lost a lot of weight from when I, when I originally saw him a few years ago, he was pretty fat, out of shape. Yeah, and no, they he's were big in shape now, yeah. And he's in shape. He's in a lot better shape he's now. He's in really good shape. He, Plus he's all tatted up. Scary. kind of reminds me, his frame kind of reminds me of like Titus O'Neil. Yeah, it's a perfect, it's a perfect, it's a perfect example. But his, his heel character is so good that I think I would be afraid if I saw him and I didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like angry all the time and yeah, really he'll beat the shit out of you. Well, I remember so, when yeah. they announced that uh, the news that the winner would face Kenny Omega. The entire time, Moose is staring down Rich Swan. Rich Swan's like looking back and forth at uh, whoever was making the announcement. Um, I don't know Impact's uh, GM or yeah. whoever that guy is, but. He kept looking back and forth and moves, dead. man. The guy's a really good heel, too. Had him dead to rights. I could see him joining AEW. Even the way the uh, even the way they built that match yesterday, like I said, Moose was dominating for most of that match and then lost by roll-up, so he yeah. really didn't look bad at all. Yeah. Um, I could see Moose going to AEW yeah. as a primary heel. Yeah. Because he's scary and he's big and he's he's got it. Yeah. I agree. So. I agree. He's one of those guys that could uh, be a WWE guy. And what I mean by that is big like those WWE guys. Yeah. That's the problem with a lot of these other guys, right? Like Rich Swan, we saw what he did in NXT. Nothing. Nothing, yeah. Um, now he's a title holder. Now he's a title holder. Uh, so that is about it for the wrestling world. There's a lot of stuff we skipped over, um, but there's just too much to cover. Um Especially when you are a podcaster like us who uh, just releases them whenever we feel like it. Now, uh, UFC 259 is the last thing I just want to talk about before we end this podcast. A lot, a lot of controversy in this fight. A lot, a lot of title fights in this match. So let's just talk about the the three matches. And we'll start off with the most controversial, which is Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Jan. Um, that one, for those of you who missed it, and I'm sure you didn't, but for those of you who did, uh, ended in a DQ victory for Aljamain Sterling after Peter Jan kneed him in the face uh, while he was grounded. And it was pretty blatant. I believe the referee, just before he hit the knee, said, you know, grounded, as in the guy's grounded, and he still threw the knee. Um, first off, do you think it was intentional in the fact that he meant to do an illegal move? I think he, I don't know, many things here. You're in UFC, you've been MMAing for a while, you should know the rules. 
I also understand that uh, you were asking your corner if you should hit him, and the corner said yes, but it was vague of how to hit him. I mean, you still know the rules. You've been in UFC long enough, and you're a champion. Um, it's hard for me to say. I don't think you meant to do it to get disqualified, but you definitely meant to hit him. So that exactly is the answer I was going to say. Um, I don't think he obviously he didn't mean to get himself DQ'd and do something illegal, right? Because he was winning that fight. Um, But at the same time, he definitely meant to knee him in the face because that's what exactly what what he did. Um, I kind of buy the excuse that he was watching um, Aljamain Sterling's hands instead of his knee. Yeah. Um, I really don't like the grounded rules because you remember back in Pride they could knee and kick anyone yeah. down the opponent and all that stuff yeah. um, because it allows these guys to kind of play the rules a little bit you, how many times do we see a guy just put one hand down so he doesn't get kneed in the face and just kind of uh, I don't know stays in that position to kind of buy time but yeah. um, that said it was definitely legal and I have no issues with the outcome in terms of Peter Jan losing the belt uh, didn't like the fact that uh, you know you can win the belt that way as well but it is what it is I understand the rules well we both agree that the best thing to do was to strip the belt have it vacant have it vacant yeah not just him winning the belt on, you see, even in WWE you don't win on disqualification no so I mean I don't not that WWE rules apply here but I don't think you should win on disqualification <laughs> Um, now what's amazing or the fun stuff now is all the drama that's happened after this fight Aljamain Sterling has been you know getting creamed in in, in the media uh, but he's not doing himself any favors with his Twitter uh, and his tweets and uh, constantly trying to justify everything like um, I don't know I think when we talked about this and, and I'm going to say this again I like both these fighters going into this match. I like none of these fighters going out of this match. Uh, do you agree with me on that one? I think I agree with you, yeah. This is it's a whole messy situation. It's a messy situation, and no one came out looking good out of no. this. You know, Peter Jan's looking like a heel now. Um, Aljamain Sterling's looking like a heel now. Um, and I don't like the fact that he's parading around with the belts, uh, even though... He- yeah, I think the, be- the best move would to be was like, I, this is not my belt. I'm not holding on to it till I win it. And that'll just be the humble way to do it. Well, look at what Daniel Cormier did when uh, Jones got caught and, and they gave him back his belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he specifically said he, he never held the belt high in media... Um, obligations because he didn't want to have the belt that way until he actually won uh, a match for it um and i think aljamain Stone should have done the same thing here listen you get the pay-per-view pay-per-view points now you're you're the champ you get all the benefits of being a champ uh so just focus on what the task at hand which is obviously you have to beat peter Yan. you have to rematch him and you have to beat him yeah and he didn't look very good in the match no he was on his way to losing that because he thought he could have cardio for 25 minutes and just go buck in the first round yeah. like that's not a good game plan yeah well the other thing i didn't like was that he went buck but he didn't Do really anything. hit peter no. with anything meaningful no uh, i mean he hit him with a lot of shots but it was nothing really meaningful nothing that i felt was going to knock him out yeah. um so uh, you know aljamain sterling has a lot to work on and i hope that he's focused on that because if, if he thinks he's he's gonna get a match with somebody else you know that he's got nothing coming to him because nobody in the world thinks that he beat peter yan or was on his way of beating peter yan in, in an actual match uh, amanda nunez came out destroyed uh, megan anderson the only thing i remember about that match is her showing her baby to everybody which was very wholesome and very nice 
Um, she's unstoppable. She's the most dangerous female on the planet Earth of all time ever in the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, and she's such now a she's, nice person. She's making a case for pound for pound of all time, period, uh, yeah, regardless of gender. She might be, yeah. I forget about gender. Yeah, she's probably the pound for pound. She's definitely up pound there. For pound champ. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I still, I know you don't personally, but I still have John Jones up there uh, just because of the, the longevity longevity I, of his career. I don't have him up there because of the drugs <laughs> and the weird behavior. I agree. And the drugs. I agree. I'm just talking about uh, victories here, yeah. uh, resume and all that I stuff. I talk about drugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Amanda Nunez made a very strong case for pound for pound of all time. Well, she's cleared out two divisions. Yeah, and she's probably going to shut down this division, to be honest. Uh, this this 145-pound women's division is just not working. She should just fight the next heaviest lady and beat her and take her belt, too, because I think she could do it at her weight. She definitely could. I mean, the next uh, weight class down would be someone she's already beaten. Which not, is, I would say up. Just fight. There's, there's nothing. There's up. nothing up. Eh? There's nothing oh, up. Shit, so 145 bad. is the the at least in the UFC is the is the Heaviest max. Female? And they literally oh, made she it. Can't lose more. Though. They made it for Cyborg, and then Cyborg got destroyed, destroyed by yeah. Nunez, and then Nunez obviously has the 135 title as well, and then the 125 is Valentina Shevchenko, someone yeah, she's yeah, already beaten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's not really any challenges Man, I see for Amanda holding Nunez. Holding three belts and three weight classes would that's it. No one's doing that ever yeah you're right i mean ever the, i don't no males can do that i don't think so i think uh cejudo maybe could have cejudo maybe could have yeah. maybe could have yeah. but um i don't think he would have been able to defend it because what i see with nunez is her being able to win it and defend and it. defend yeah because like cejudo won the you know he beat tj dillashaw but i i don't know if he's gonna beat the other killers at uh yeah. at one 135 yeah uh, so great fight, and then the piece de resistance to finish off this UFC was uh, Jan Jan Blankowitz uh, versus Israel Andansanya. Uh, man, Stylebender is just too small, I think, mm-hmm. when it came down to it. Yeah, Jan was big Polish brute. Yeah, crush man, yeah. bend man. So no style, no bender, just <laughs> crush. Uh, Surprisingly enough, though, it was really his wrestling that uh, yeah. took over the fight. I would say um, the stand-up was fairly even. Israel obviously looked sharper and more technical. But in terms of the actual shots they landed, that's one of the things I'll talk about this fight is the the super biased commentary that was going on. <laughs> um, like, I don't know what these guys were, were watching. Joe Rogan <laughs> is such a stroker. For media favorites. It was insane. Unreal. If you had just listened to the commentary, you would think Israel was piecing up uh, Jan Blakowitz in the first three rounds. And like that was not the case. I had it either 2-1 Yan or, 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 or 2-1 Israel. Um, but there's no way any of those guys, you know, were three up from the stand-up. It was a unanimous decision. Israel lost every round. Uh, and, and they were Not, not every round, but lost every judge's scorecard, I believe. 49 46 yeah so on like one card uh a judge gave him a round for the most part he lost most of the rounds yeah. though um but yeah i mean i i will say the first three rounds were close um i i, I could see a case for i like again depends on what you prefer because if you like the stylishness of stylebender then yeah obviously you're gonna think that he won the fight but at the same time uh 
Blankowitz was throwing some pretty heavy uh, jabs uh, that connected. Threw a couple of punches that connected. Um, but I don't think anyone really dominated those first three rounds. What I will say, though, is um, I commend Israel Anasanya for doing this fight because we know a lot of his other counterparts, Bones, that I won't name, doesn't, he, unlike them, he won't back down from doing things like this, fighting champions, um, even if it means he's going to lose and, and hurt his record and, and so forth. Um, I think a lot of people had Israel winning this match. Yeah. I and, believe Israel was the and favorite. I'm, and I'm very proud that Jan won this match. Yes. Uh, to, to, to shut everybody up. You know, keep the noise down and, and say that, you know, I'm a, I'm a champion. I'm a light heavyweight champion. And I'm not going to get beat by the hottest thing in town. Um, I thought it was a very firm statement, a very strong statement. Um, again, he, he unanimously beat Israel Anasanya, and now he's just waiting for his next, you know, his next his next competitor uh, in the ring. So, uh, to Izzy, you're gonna you own middleweight. I don't think without without a shadow of a doubt, if you're able to survive Jan, and I, I'm gonna say you survived Jan, um, I don't think anybody is gonna give you problems at middleweight. You're oh, gonna be that yeah. title holder for a very long time. What do you do after this? I don't know. Because you've already gone for the light heavyweight belt, and you got to basically wait for Jan to lose that belt now. Well, I think if he wants to go up to light heavyweight, he, he really, needs to pack on some pounds. Yeah, he needs to consider actually, but like going up to light heavyweight. But like Jan, Jan is at two hundred five, weighed in two hundred five, but like physically weighed two hundred and twenty five pounds. Oh yeah, I agree. Israel came in at two hundred four. 201, I think. With a wet, a with a wet light, towel. Super light. 201. What he is did, that? Is that what they say? Wet towel with a wet blanket? Uh, soaking wet. Soaking wet blanket. He was 204. Like, it's yeah. not going to cut it. You're going to have to gain 20 pounds of muscle. And he originally said he didn't want to because he yeah. didn't want to sacrifice his speed. Well, that's what I'm saying. Coordination. He, he's going to have to. He's going to have to. Um, if he's serious. And about he can. I mean, he's a, he's got a big frame. He's a tall guy. Um, he's probably even taller than uh but 20 pounds of muscle. That's like over a year easily of like work. Well, I mean, that's what John Jones is doing right now, right? John Jones is getting gearing up for the heavyweights. Uh, he's going to get the winner of of uh, Miocic versus... Uh, oh, they're going to uh, give him the belt right away, Francis eh? Nagano. It has to be. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. It's going to take him a while, but he has to do it the right way because coming in 201, soaking wet, like you said, isn't going to cut I feel it. like John Jones was already, like, easily 230 at light heavyweight anyway. He was, but now, like, have you seen pictures of him? He's, he's really he's filling... He's now. really filling out now, so... Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he could have fought a heavyweight last year or two yeah. years ago. Um, I don't think he needs to put on all this weight to go to heavyweight, but I think... And a lot of the fighters at heavyweight who are more or less in shape, like John Jones would be anyway, would probably walking around at like 235. Mm, yeah. 240. Yeah. 265 seems to be like the fat guys or like the really tall guys. Yeah. Yeah. So John Jones is pretty tall too. So I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen John Jones or heard anything from John Jones. Not like just me personally yeah. looking for it in a long time. So I know I'm I wasn't sure, but I'm that's that's really exciting to hear that he's going to be fighting for the heavyweight belt regardless if I feel he he needs it or not. Yeah, he should be put well, there. Or I not. think he's gearing up for retirement, right? Like he's on the tail end of his career. Um everybody's always talked about wanting to see him at heavyweight, so now he's going to finally do it get it done and then retire 
uh, probably is in my mind is how I see it playing out. You know, similar to GSP, he hasn't done anything. He just came up for that one middleweight title, and it was perfect opportunity for him. Because no offense to Bisping, but you know, Bisping's not the best champ. <laughs> no, it took him very long to get it, and even then, it was like you so, could lose it any time. Yeah, so it's all very calculated, and I think that's jo- what John Jones is doing at this point. Um, and that's what you were saying about Izzy. Like, I do respect the fact that he he isn't so calculated. It's, he doesn't have to time his thing. He has no qualms about going up and wait and, and, and win or lose, at least making doing that fight. Uh, these other guys really don't want to lose. It also gives you, like, an interesting perspective on weight. Because if Izzy was in that 204 and Jan is walking around at 230, and obviously Izzy's skill, I would say, is perhaps a little bit more advanced in technique far more far more as opposed to Jan who has a lot more power yeah like way more power than Izzy has yeah yeah so it was so interesting to see two styles and two weight clashes like this it really gave you perspective because I don't think we've seen anything like this and in terms of discrepancies um yeah no I agree with you in terms of I mean we've seen some pretty like Besides heavyweight, lopsidedness. Yeah, we've seen some pretty, like, even in the lower weight classes, we see those guys who are, like, six feet that cut. To 155 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, but, but they're still, like... Yeah, you, very rarely do we see a guy weighing four pounds under the weight limit and another guy cut 20 pounds. And yeah, yeah. so, yeah, for sure. Like, this is the first time we've really seen, especially at that level, too. These yeah. are champions. champions. Um, so, yeah. I agree with you there. Like definitely at that level, we've never seen something quite as lopsided uh, in terms of weight and all that stuff. Yeah, not even lopsided. Just, just the discrepancies were humongous. Yeah, which well, is lopsided. Yeah, so. that's that's what I mean by lopsided. Again, I think the match itself was close in terms of the first three rounds were close. Obviously, Jen uh, Yan won those last two rounds very easily with his wrestling, but in terms of stand up, I thought it was close. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to see what Izzy does, though. Obviously, he's going to go back to middleweight and, and probably Defend. win a couple of fights there. But, uh, I mean, like you said, he's nearly cleared out the division. It's, it's, he's got to be thinking about making a permanent move to light heavyweight at this point. Uh, yes. Anyways, that is basically it. Uh, oh, there. Were, by the way, there was another controversial, uh, just to throw this in there, uh, UFC last night. Um uh, Bilal Muhammad versus uh, Leon Edwards. Uh, he actually had two no no contests in that. Yeah, in that uh, what do you call card? There was so one was a DQ victory for the dude, and then the main event was a no con like no contest. Nobody won, um, which I thought I thought was fair because I don't think that I poke was intentional at all. Uh, did you see it by the way? The picture? No. He basically almost hooks his bottom eyelid oh. like that so you see his finger inside the bottom eyelid oh, like pulling it oh my god yeah so it wasn't straight on like with his fingers pointed it was more like almost like he punched and then his finger happened. hooked oh. um so yeah i like i didn't think leon deserved to lose because of that um at the same time it was just super super unfortunate uh that said leon a- edwards afterwards said he wanted a title shot and i was like dude he just you just had a DQ, yeah. You just had a no contest um, match, and you're calling for a title shot. Like, I don't yeah, know, buddy. That's not very good. Yeah. 
So a lot of controversy over the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on. A lot of botches in the w, uh, AEW and everything. And uh, the world is imploding again, it seems. WWE has been pretty clean. Yeah, WWE has been pretty clean because they just decided to not put out content. content. So same stuff over and over again. Uh, so that basically does it for this week's episode of the WrestleBall podcast. Again, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, we weren't able to... Um, put out more episodes um, but hopefully uh, we'll get in our rhythm soon so with that said Mark last words later Gator alright we'll see you guys next time